0: Everybody, Duke Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us on this Monday, May fifteenth, twenty 2023. Hope that you're doing well here, and I want to wish a very belated Happy Mother's Day to all the great moms out there that are listening to our program. A special Happy Mother's Day shout-out to my own mother. Appreciate everything you do for me uh, and my brother and uh, our entire family. So shout-out to all the mothers out there as we get going here on a new week of Locked Blue Devils. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to our latest episodes of Lockdown Blue Devils, available wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. Your support continues to mean the absolute most to us. Here at Lockdown Blue Devils. And of course, if you haven't done so already, please be sure also to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. You can watch the show daily on YouTube each and every day. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel as well. Without further ado, I want to bring on my colleague for today's show. It's Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. And our news today Jeremy Roach announces that he is going to return for his fourth year, his senior season at Duke, playing for the Blue Devils. His post said, let's run it back, Duke Nation. The background photo that Duke basketball put together for him simply says, stay the course, and that's what we're doing as the captain is returning for another season, Kevin.
1: Yeah, it it was a great Monday for Duke fans with Jeremy Roach announcing that he's coming back for another season. Um, And let's, let's be clear, let's be blunt. Um, anything short of a Final Four is going to be a major disappointment for this team.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, a lot of people really, really fired up that he is returning, given the talent that Duke is going to have on this year's squad. Last week, our buddy Isaac Trotter from 247 Sports had published a big story about Duke's case to be the preseason number one team in college basketball, him in Kansas. And this, of course, was well before we knew whether or not Jeremy Roach would be coming back for another season, but there you go, right out of the gates. I want to talk about the Roach impact. I want to talk about the rotations and that sort of thing. But before any of it, your big picture takeaway here is that nothing short of a Final Four is a disappointment for Duke going into next season. Is that what we're hearing?
1: Well, well uh, yes, but l- but let's let me let me clear that up a little bit. It's very difficult to win in college basketball when you have a winner-take-all game seven type postseason. It's very difficult to win a championship, to advance in that tournament. No doubt. Um, So if this team um, is anything short of competing for a number one or number two seed in the NCAA tournament, if this team is not firmly atop the ACC standings, if this team does not make a a deep run, you say deep, but it's only three or four games max in the ACC tournament, um, that would be disappointing. You can't have four starters – from a team a year ago who won the ACC tournament, who was the hottest team in college basketball going into the NCAA tournament, uh, come back and be short of what you um, achieved a season ago. So, yeah, I, I think this team, this team has the makeup of a Final Four team, um, has the makeup of a national championship caliber team. Um, I think anything short of an Elite Eight Final Four would be a major disappointment, um, barring injuries and, and so on and so forth.
0: Right, and again, I want to get to the full picture here. I want to get to the depth that is now in place for Duke going into next season and so much more as we continue throughout the show today. But, Kevin, i got to ask you, what specifically about Jeremy Roach specifically makes you so confident going into next season? The starters all coming back together is great. The recruiting class being factored in, absolutely outstanding. Who's to say whether or not a transfer portal big man will join this team and that sort of thing. Jeremy Roach, the captain specifically, what is it about him coming back that jolts Duke up to another level?
1: It's the leadership. It's the been there, done that aspect. Um, We've outlined it when he went through the draft process. I mean, he played through the COVID season. He played through coach case last season, which was a final four run. Um, He was a part of, the transition from K to Shire um, and really that bridge that was able to make things go as smooth, as smooth as possible once the injuries and the illnesses and all that stopped in the middle of February up until March, when they got eliminated from the NCAA tournament. I won't say because of a technicality, but because of another injury. Um, he was that guy. He was the steady hand. He's the extension of John Shire out there on the court. Now I know he didn't play always on the ball, Um, especially late in the season because Tyrese Proctor kind of took over as the point guard and Roach played more of a shooting guard, but it's the leadership. It's the, it's the been there, done that aspect. It's um, the moxie that he brings to this team on the court. I love
0: it. And there certainly is a scoring ability that Jeremy Roach is going to bring to this club. Obviously there are uh, parts of his game that you would love to see improve. The three point percentage is something that we're always going to monitor with Roach playing a little bit more off the ball. Duke did, greatly improved when Tyrese Proctor became their primary ball handler and traditional point guard going into next season. I think that's going to be kind of the game plan and strategy right out of the gates is to have Tyrese Proctor take on that role. And we're going to be able to talk about that again, as we move forward throughout today's show, but really the scoring ability Duke's second leading score this past season uh, was Jeremy Roach throughout their final four run? He had a couple of 20 game scoring efforts and outputs. If he's able to score the basketball, I think that helps Duke elevate to another level.
1: Absolutely. And he's still going to be called upon to score the basketball. You don't just go, you don't just bring your second leading scorer back um, <laughs> and not expect him to score the basketball uh, this season. Um, but yeah, and, and I think you mentioned him playing with Tyrese Proctor and who's on the ball and who's off the ball. Um, I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal considering they just played an entire season together, but they're going to have an entire off season now to work with each other. Because remember, Tyrese Proctor said that he was going to be on campus now in the summer. He was going to go back home right around now when school ended. He's going to go back home to Australia for a couple of weeks and see family. And then he was going to be right back in Durham um, working out and preparing for his sophomore season. So um, they're going to be more comfortable, I guess, with each other. Um, the the familiarity, if I could speak right, the familiarity with the team is going to be there. I mean, you're bringing in uh, four freshmen. You're likely still going to add a big man transfer. But other than that, it's the team from last year, basically minus Derek Whitehead, Derek Lively, and Jacob Grandison because the transfers from the Ivy League that you brought in last year, like your Max Johns and your Kale Catchings, well, they didn't play. And now their scholarships are off the books for you to add more pieces
0: no doubt about that excited to see how they can all fit these pieces together and how Jeremy Roach coming back in the guard rotation can factor in into next year's plans for John Shire we're going to be able to have those conversations throughout the entire summer and we will start those conversations after our first time out here on today's episode of locked on blue Devils Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. I'm talking about Built Bar. You got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, then sometimes the options are limited. But I've got the solution for you. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. What makes them so great? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yeah, that's right. Real chocolate, and they're healthy for you. Plus, they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure exactly how they do it, but they taste just like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And they're healthy, like we said. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Orders are available online at Built.com, but now you can also get them in person at your local Walmart or Sam's Club, while you can also get your specialty flavors at Built.com. That's right. Go to your nearest Walmart today. Go to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars, the four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, and coconut puff. Or if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff, and churro puff. You can thank me later. Built Bar is a proud sponsor of Lockdown Blue Devils. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside my pal, Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. All right, Jeremy Roach announces he's coming back for his senior season. Stay the course. Let's run it back. Year four, Captain Roach. You mentioned the leadership dynamic. It's probably safe to assume. You never really want to do this in the world of Duke basketball and under just a second-year head coach and John Shire because we got to get a couple of more years' worth of data. But it's probably safe to assume that Roach is going to get to be a captain again on next year's squad now going in to his senior season. But, again, we can't understate the value of his leadership coming back for another year.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's going to be the captain. Um, captain last year. He's going to be a captain again this year. Um, interesting to see who's going to join him. As a captain, obviously with three players coming back for their sophomore season, also um, Ryan Young, who's a, 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 going to be going into his final year eligibility, second Correct. year at Duke, um, so going to be interesting to see who joins him as a captain. I would think um, I would think it might be Mark Mitchell and Kyle Filipowski, but we'll have to wait until the season gets closer to see who gets named as those um, secondary and hereditary captains for uh, John Shire. But yeah, it's you, you couldn't have drawn up a better Monday if you're a Duke fan.
0: Excited to see how Roach can factor into next year's squad, and it starts at that guard position and the rotation piece that's in place. Tyrese Proctor really ascended down the stretch. He's a phenomenal player who we're expecting to take an absolutely massive jump. Again, when you get ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski to put out the story that you're returning for your sophomore season as a projected lottery pick going into the 2024 draft, there are so many high expectations for Tyrese Proctor. And then you factor in a couple of McDonald's All-American five-star level players in Caleb Foster and Jared McCain that are going to be joining in your guard rotation. There's going to be a lot of questions that need to be answered for John Shire and how he wants to allocate those minutes, whether or not we see three guard lineups. I mean, a lot of those questions we now get to kind of discuss over the next several months.
1: I think you will obviously have to see three guard lineups. Um, I know there have been a lot of questions about the status of Jared McCain and Caleb Foster with Jeremy Roach coming in. But one thing I'll say as of right now, I mean, no news is good news. Yeah. Like hours before Kyle Filipowski announced his return, you saw Mackenzie um reopen his recruitment and request um, his r- release from his national letter of intent. So no news is good news. I think it now allows them not to be rushed and not to be thrown right in the fire immediately. Um, I think Jared McCain, because of his shooting ability, is probably ready to play now more than Caleb Foster. Now, I think Caleb Foster still could be a day one starter if he need- needed to be. He won't be um, next season barring injury. Um, but like I've said many times on this program, I still think Caleb Foster is a multi-year player like a Jeremy Roach. I think he's a two, three-year player. Jared McCain, I'm not too sure about. It's, it's A lot of that's going to be determined on how well he shoots the ball this year at Duke. I think he could be a two year player. But if he's out there shooting 40 some odd percent from three, well, then he's going to go to the NBA after one year just because um, shooting is that much of a priority at the professional level. Uh, So, again, I think these players now are not going to be rushed. They can get on campus. They can get their feet wet. They can acclimate themselves to a college life and not be thrusted into a 35 minute per game role right off the bat.
0: Really excited again to, to figure out what this rotation is going to look like with the guards that are coming in. And, and I think to your point, online there's a discourse amongst Duke fans discussing whether or not Foster and McCain would now want to leave Duke. I don't think that happens. I think they were recruited uh, from what we're hearing as sort of multi-year guys. And if, hey, you have a great year and you're ready, ready to go early, great, more power to you. But John Shire really trying to hone in on the fact that I want multi-year guys that can develop, that can establish a culture year after year after year, and it feels as though these are the first two pieces And uh, making that happen. Hell, the first three pieces were this past year, and Filipowski, Proctor, and, and Mark Mitchell returning for their sophomore season. I think the same is probably set up for this next line of freshmen coming in for Duke. So with that being said, I would anticipate them returning uh, for their sophomore season and being okay with the idea that maybe the minutes aren't right there, But then the other side of this is, like we mentioned, there were some flaws in Jeremy Roach's game over this past year, right? There were shooting numbers that weren't the best. There were turnover issues from time to time that were in place when he was on the ball. There was lingering toe injuries that Roach was dealing with at certain points of the season. So, yes, the freshmen are the ones you quickly turn to and say, well, maybe their minutes are going to be reduced. But also there's a world in which if you're John Shire, you've got to win basketball games. And if it means your senior captain takes more a, a lesser role than he had a year ago, that's going to happen.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, let, let's take a look at that. this. No one um, – there's always expectation at Duke, right? I, I should preface it by saying that. Like there is a championship expectation and aspiration as – a part of the Duke basketball program that let's just, that's what coach K that's the precedent. He said, right. Championship yeah. for bus just about every year. Um, I don't think many people um, going into the season midway through the season thought this Duke team was a championship caliber team, a national championship caliber team. Now, as we got into February and they started to round into form and got comfortable playing with each other and got healthy um, people said, Hey, we might be onto something here. And then when they saw their draw in the NCAA tournament, and saw so the upsets that began to happen, there was a path, right? And now obviously Duke lost in, in the second round of Tennessee and got, give credit to Tennessee, but a lot of us have pegged that on the injury to Mark Mitchell and him not being able to play and a big reason why Duke lost. Um, this year is going to be completely different. They are going to be the preseason number one or number two team in the country. Like you mentioned earlier in the show uh, between them and Kansas, unless something else crazy happens in, um, in college basketball, which it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So the expectation is going to be there for John Shire. The target is back on Duke's back. Not that it wasn't last year, but it's firmly on Duke's Duke's back this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how he handles the pressure going into his second year as a head coach with basically championship-robust aspirations uh, put on his team.
0: Again, of course, talking about Jeremy Roach in particular and talking about that Tennessee game, 13 points, five turnovers for Jeremy Roach against the Tennessee Vols. So uh, some great – and, again, that was two days after a 23-point outing that he had against Doral Roberts in the first round. So uh, I I think more to our point, if he's struggling, there's going to be an opportunity for other guys to step up, but there's not as much pressure now on a Jared McCain or a Caleb Foster to be ready to go right out of the gates because you've got two experienced guards coming back in your backcourt. All right, one final timeout, we'll continue our show here in just a moment. Thanks so much for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen or first watch each and every day. Again, if you haven't done so, leave us a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. Really do love those reviews on the Apple Podcast platform, and their algorithms really like it. If you take the time to type out a written review, five-star Friday, I like to give shout-outs to those who leave us five-star reviews, and we're due for one of those. So take the time, leave a review, so that I can give you a shout-out here on the program. As always, we're looking for more mailbag questions to answer as well as we get into the offseason. If you have any questions that you want to have answered on this podcast, send it to us, LockedOnBlueDevils at gmail.com or on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Send your questions in, and we'll answer those in our next mailbag installment of the program. Also, make sure you go check out Locked On College Basketball. Our hosts, Isaac Shade and Andy Patton do a remarkable job talking about everything going on in the world of college basketball. Go check them out. Watch them on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Locked On College Basketball. Final few moments here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, JJ Jackson, alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Jeremy Roach coming back for his fourth year uh, to play basketball for Duke. Stay the course was uh, the caption underneath the photo that Duke released, and he wants to run it back this season. Tell me about some of the work that you've got right now at balldurham.com, Kevin.
1: Well, we're all over uh, the roster news with Jeremy Roach and the potential of adding another big man to the front court. Um, Obviously, we have NBA playoff action, wall-to-wall, R.J. Barrett and the Knicks out, Jason Tatum, Uh, Most points ever in a Game 7, Celtics move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, So we're all over that. And we're on top of uh, our spring sports as well. Baseball, softball, lacrosse, um, all trending or already in the NCAA tournament and expecting really good seeds as well as uh, with the softball team and the men's lacrosse team. And then um, the baseball team expecting a high seed in the NCAA regionals in a couple of weeks as well.
0: Yeah, check it all out, balldurham.com. Yesterday you got to see the Duke men's lacrosse team knock off Delaware in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, Duke the number one overall seed in men's lacrosse. National champions in 2010, 2013, and 2014. And John Donowski has a team that could win it all here coming up on Memorial Day weekend. So we'll be tuned into that and giving you updates here on the podcast as well. Lastly, if you go to balldurham.com, you've done a story there recently, Kevin, about some schedule news that we've seen put in place for John Shire's team going into next season. We're always curious what the non conference schedule is going to look like. We saw a couple of big matchups this past year with Kansas and the Champions Classic playing in the holiday event that Duke is in. Uh, annually, whether it be Maui or Battle for Atlantis or whatever the rotation is. Uh, Duke played Iowa in a non-conference game this past year. What have we learned about this upcoming year that you've been writing about over at Ball Durham?
1: Well, so they're going to play the Baylor Bears in Madison Square Garden in okay. late December. So any Duke fans want to make a holiday trip up to, to New York City, i have a little bit biased. I'm, I live right outside New York City. New York in the holiday <laughs> season is is one of the best times. But December 20th, they're going to play Baylor at the garden, um, we talked about the um MTE that they're going to be hosting inside Cameron. Um, not really a star studded group with uh, LaSalle, Bucknell, Southern, and Southern Indiana. Um, they're going to play Queens University on December 29th in Durham. Um, and then obviously, we already know the big some of the big names in the uh non conference schedule of Michigan State and the Champions Classic. Um, Arizona, I think that's going to be the second game of the season in Cameron, first game of a home and home and then uh, the SEC-ACC Challenge um, first year replacing the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and it's likely uh, Duke's going to play Kentucky in that matchup. Just all – just depends where it's going to be, if it's going to be in Durham or if it's going to be in Lexington.
0: Yeah, think about that. Those games being played on campus. We get Kentucky uh, every three or four years in the Champions Classic, but now possibly getting that in the ACC-SEC Challenge is going to be great. And then, as you said – uh, neutral site at Madison Square Garden against Baylor. And those two teams have only played once before, and it was in the Elite Eight back in 2010. John Shire was on that team. I recall a, a Lance Thomas tipping really late on a finish, uh, kind of to stretch that one out. Nolan Smith hit a couple of shots down the stretch. Uh, so I definitely vividly remember that 2010 Elite Eight game. Kind of surprising that that's the only time these two teams have ever met before. So with that, I'm excited that they're going to duke it out on the hardwood once again. And Baylor, of course, a team that has been on a big championship run as of late there, Kevin.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I like seeing teams. Yeah, I I got you. It's interesting um, seeing teams play each other that haven't really played each other that often. Um, Obviously, that was in the midst of a a national championship type run for Duke. Um, So maybe um, playing Baylor gives them some good luck and this season could result in some more hardware and nets being cut in Durham. Kevin, it's great to see you as always. We'll do this again sometime soon, okay? Absolutely, JJ. All
0: right, that's Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham, joining us here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. We do appreciate your support. Here of the program. Take your time. Hit that subscribe button for us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and uh, do all the things to support us there on your podcast feed as well. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go do. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and Good day.